Hello. Hello, ma- Oh, you're not mum. Hello. Signorita mum residence. This is Conchita. Oh, hi, Conchita. Is mum there? We're supposed to be recording a podcast. Uh, uh, Signorita mum is in the pool. You want me to go get her? Uh, yes, please, if you don't mind. Thank you. Uh, the phone is for you. Who is it? No, I don't know who it is. I forget the English. I'm coming, I'm coming. I can't run. I'm almost paralysed after my gym workout. Do you need your feet massaging while you talk? I'd rather you didn't. Hello, Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you? I'm all right, how are you? Well, I'm all right, but I've been scaring myself to bits. Oh, what have you been scaring yourself with? I've been scaring myself with ghost stories. Spanish ghost stories? And Chinese, Latvian, Japanese. That's really useful, although it's scaring you. Yeah. That will help us do our Halloween special. <laughs> I've done a bit of wee. <laughs> no, don't scare me. We're back, Mum. We're back, indeed. Just in time for uh, Halloween. That's useful, isn't it? It is. Just in time for the Chinese Festival of the Thin Ghost. That sounds like it's excluding the Fat Ghost. Do they have a separate festival? It's not technically the Thin Ghost. It's the Hungry Ghost. But I'm going to tell you all about that later if you want to get started. All right, then. Let's get Series 4 started and we're talking about Halloween. And ghosts. And ghosts and scary stuff. That's it. We're doing that. Let's go. Coming from Reading, it's Stacey, your host. While mum's with flamingos on the Spanish coast. You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs. Making a podcast called Rapture So, what have you got to tell me about ghosts and ghouls? Well, I didn't know. China loves their ghosts. Do they? They do. They have a whole month of the ghost festival. Oh. It falls in the seventh month of the Chinese calendar. So, this year... It would have been the middle of August until the middle of September. Right, okay, summer. It's summer. So the middle of the month of the Chinese ghost month has to be on the full moon. Okay. Oh, okay, someone's had to work that out. They have. So on the first of the month, they open up the gates of hell. I don't know who's in charge of opening up the gates of hell. Who's got the key? I don't know. But somebody goes and opens them because they do it every year. That's me opening up the gates. Hello? Is anybody in? Oh, okay. Shut that gate. You'll let all the ghosts out. You're letting a draft in. (laughs) Is it a rough draft? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway... During Ghost Month. Ghost Month. Ghost Month. Ghost Month. So, anyway, someone goes down and opens up the gates of hell. 
Doom, 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 doom. I'm just doing the sound effects. Do them after. We've upped the budget. We've now got sound effects. <laughs> In Ghost Month, someone goes down and opens the gates of hell. Yeah. And the ghosts come out and they have holiday, don't they? They have a holiday in China. Do they have to stay in China? Uh, I think they do. They haven't got a passport or anything, have they? Oh, that's a shame. So then they go around seeking uh, entertainment and food and they're, um, they're a bit stroppy with their families usually. Oh, why? Well, the Chinese believe that the people that come back as ghosts are the ancestors of those who didn't pay tribute to them after they died or they didn't give them a proper send-off or that sort of thing. So they've come back to tell them off? They have. They've come back to play jokes and things on them. Oh. They also have very long necks, which they say are needle-thin <sighs> because... They haven't been fed by their families whilst they've been dead. And that's why they're hungry. That is it, you see. They're hungry for attention. Yes. So on the 14th day of the 7th month of Ghost Month, yes? Yes. The Chinese take over huge halls and... Oh, just about everywhere. There's lots of photographs on the internet where they bring food and everything and place them on thousands of tables to please the ghosts. Then uh, I think they light a lantern, float it down the river and then go back home. And that's Ghost Month. That's Ghost Month, but not just Ghost Month for China. Oh, what do they have as well? Well, they also have, just after that, ghost month they have a feast to make sure that anybody that is still roaming about who maybe was doing something and missed the gates of hell being closed they were out to dinner it might have been yeah they have bonfires and lanterns about this time of year to burn them back to hell yeah well not yeah so they put food and portraits and things they leave that so they're, basically they're fattening them up for winter. <laughs> okay. What are you scared of, Mum? Are you scared of anything? Cockroaches. Oh, you've got lots of those, unfortunately. Not now. Not now I'm high up. Oh, of course. They don't come up there. Do you know what I'm frightened of? What? Which is lucky I've moved to Spain. The Yukiona. What's that? The Yukiona is the spirit of someone who perished in a snowstorm. A specific person? It's a female. Yeah. And they appear, the spirit appears in snowstorms. Yeah. And she freezes you to death. Oh. She's got long black hair. Yeah. Blue lips. And she floats above the snow and she can freeze men to death during sexual intercourse. With her? Yeah, well, obviously not with somebody else. Well, she might be, like, floating above them and just freezing them. She can freeze women to death by kissing them. Oh, saucy. I know. Where is that? That's a Japanese folklore. Oh, okay, fine. Is her stomping ground mainly Japan? Yeah, in Japan, ghosts are spirits 
that have been prevented from going on into the new life because they've had a dramatic event in this life. So usually if they've been murdered or they've committed suicide or something, they've had a huge injustice dealt to them that they just can't rest and they have to come back. So all Japanese ghosts, as far as I know, they fall into different categories, like the seductress ghost, that's Yukiana. Yeah. And the Funayurai, which are the ship ghosts. The, sorry, the what ghosts? <laughs> the mariner ghosts. <laughs> They're not terrible ghosts. <laughs> no. They're people that died at sea. Boat ghosts. Funayuri. Okay. And they approach ships at sea and they ask for a ladle. For what? So if they're given the ladle, they will scoop water into the ship and the ship will sink. Can't do very much with a ladle, though. If you're standing watching someone scoop water into a ship with a ladle, you've got nothing else to do. You, like, you can just go, oh, I see what you're doing with that ladle. Now. No, give me it back. Now you've got just two ladlefuls of water in the boat. That's not a problem. I'd probably think if you're stupid enough to give them the ladle in the first place. In fact, you wouldn't have a ladle on a boat. I bet that's bad luck. Yes. I don't think you have soup on a boat anyway, do you? No. Not a great boat food. You could have cup soup. Yeah, but you'd spill it. You could have one of those baby cups. A sippy cup? Yeah. Okay, so you still don't need a ladle, I suppose. No. Just have a cup of soup in a sippy cup. Guess who isn't coming to dinner? So now, in our new series... We are doing, by popular request, the comeback of... Let's have a drum roll. Guess who's not coming to dinner? Ta-da! So each time we give you a celebrity who has, alas, gone off to meet their maker and will not be coming to dinner. So we're going to start off with a British one but so well known that everybody should know who this was. This is going to be an easy one. It is if you're in Britain, but I think also most people will know him. Okay, yeah. So, he was an actor who was watched by millions of people. And when I say millions, I mean millions. Okay. In 1989... It was thought that he had been shot dead by a hitman. Oh. But in 2003, it was found out that he was, in fact, alive. No. He was born in London, and as a teenager in 1966, he was convicted of murdering a German taxi driver while serving as a soldier. Mm. It's a charge that he has denied. Okay. He divorced his wife and spent from 2010 until his death in Bulgaria filming a TV series, The English Neighbour. Okay. Okay. So that's your clues for guess who's not coming to dinner. Wow. I... I have no idea. So uh, I will give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Ah, I can't wait. The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. 
you haven't had to deal with trick or treaters for a very long time, have you? No, and I don't know. I, I'll only have to deal with very athletic trick or treaters as well now. If they're on like a bungee rope outside the balcony or on stilts. Yeah. I put a little poll on Twitter. And they'll need more than a little poll. <laughs> To ask people what they do when kids come knocking on Halloween. Yeah. On Halloween night, Owen and I go out, usually. What, trick-or-treating? No, we go to the cinema. Aha. Uh-huh. So we try to avoid the trick-or-treaters as much as possible. And so I put a poll on Twitter... And I asked people, what do they do? And the four options are that they happily hand out sweets, that they feel forced to open the door, they turn off the lights and hide, or they go out to dinner or the cinema. What do you think the most popular answer is? Turn off the lights and hide. Now, the funny thing is, there's two answers that have pretty similar results. And I have a feeling that one of them's from Americans and one of them's from the British. So the British ones go out and the Americans like to hand the sweets out. So 39% happily hand out sweets and 32% turn the lights off and hide. (laughs) We should have asked them to differentiate as to where they actually were living. (laughs) Yes, because I've got a feeling... In America, they quite happily will do it. But here it's quite, I don't know, it, it feels a bit threatening when people are knocking on your door. We don't really like to open the door to strangers, do we? No, not at night. Not when they're dressed up in strange costumes so that you can't see who they are. Exactly. Teenagers give trick-or-treating a bad rep. Yeah, I think so. When I was little, about 50 years ago, we <laughs> didn't go trick-or-treating. We might have had a pumpkin that we carved but if I remember rightly I mean we were downsizing so we used to have a swede maybe a turnip well jack-o'-lanterns were originally turnips weren't they they were so we had them those holidays and we went around with those but you would not have thought of doing trick-or-treating trick-or-treating's got a few different origins but I think America has dominated the the modern idea of trick-or-treating because originally it was, you know, knocking on the neighbour's door and seeing whether they could recognise you in your costume. Yes. And then if they didn't recognise you, you got a little treat. But now it's just begging for sweets. We did go round and say trick-or-treat, but basically if they didn't give us something, we'd just, like, burn the house down. (laughs) So I think there's a slightly different tradition. However... We used to, on Halloween night, and I think this is a very old, maybe a British tradition, Yeah, we used to light a candle and stand in front of the mirror and look at your own reflection and keep looking at it by the light of the candle. And the person that you were supposed to marry, their face would appear over your shoulder. (laughs) And that was on Halloween? Yes. And if if you were not going to get married... Yes. ...then a skeleton would appear instead. What if you were going to marry a skeleton? Well, that skeleton would appear instead. (laughs) 
<laughs> you'd never know. That would make a really bad mirror selfie, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd never know if you were going to get married or if you were going to marry a skeleton. Well, that is true. I've never heard of this, but this is what you did. You, did all your friends do it as well? Yes, it's an old thing. I think my mother must have done it and her mum. Oh, okay. It's passed down through the generations. No, but my friends knew about it as well. So it wasn't just us. This was like a, a well-known superstition. Halloween traditions. I think an interesting one that I don't know if they do it in America is bobbing for apples. Oh, no. Who's the world record holder? I don't know. Do you know that? I do. It's not you, is it? It's James Cracknell. James Cracknell? Is he an athlete? Yeah. Is he a rower? Yeah. How is he the world record holder for apple bobbing? Will you look that up now while we're on... While we're live on air. While we're live on air, look that up. And because otherwise I've had some strange tablets. <laughs> so apple bobbing is where you put a load of apples into a bowl of water and then you have to try and pick them out with your teeth. Yeah, so it's not really done now anywhere because health and safety said it's not nice to pick apples when somebody's mouth has already been in the water. I mean, it's so silly. It is. Like I said, you're swimming in a swimming pool where other people have weed in it. (laughs) Yeah, just put bleach in the water with the apples. That's what they want, isn't it? Yeah, do we just throw the apples in a swimming pool? It's all right to eat chlorine apples isn't it yeah that'll be absolutely fine the world record holder for most apples bobbed in one minute it's 11 and that's james cracknell it's cherry yoshitaki from japan and it's and how many 37 oh and that was on the 11th of october 2015 no looking at him he looks like he's got the sort of mouth that will bob apples I was going to comment on his mouth, but I think he looks like he's holding the apples in his lips, like he can hold them in his mouth without biting them. He's just like, it's almost like he's just sucked up the apple. I don't know if this is real bobbing. You don't reckon that's real then? Well, they've obviously given it to him, but I'm not so sure. Anyway, I don't think it's James Cracknell. I think you just had a a dream or a fantasy about him bobbing for apples. Okay. Or maybe he fell in the water and people threw apples at him. Is is it him? What done the ocean? Yeah, with Ben Fogel. Ah, yeah. So, James Cracknell, Rose Oceans. Yeah. The guy from Japan, Bob's for Apples. I think people must get them mixed up all the time. Yeah, he just has got a face for apple bobbing. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You got something to see. Say it here. Email us at roughgiraffepodcast at gmail.com. Twitter at roughgiraffepod. Instagram at roughgiraffepodcast. Search us on Facebook for Rough Giraffe. Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean. Thanks. Guess who's not coming to dinner? Little stop here. I'm going to say that when they found out that he hadn't been shot dead by a hitman, 17 million people watched him return to the television programme. Oh, I think I know who it is. Okay, so 
That's it. So that's all the clues you're getting. Okay, I'll wait till the end. Rough! Giraffe! Rough! Rough giraffe! By the time we were getting on for Halloween, we were already doing Penny for the Guy for for bonfire night that was something we did celebrate and i think that is the difference between us here in the uk and in america because they don't necessarily celebrate bonfire night which is only a couple of days after and is much more exciting we'd make the guy there was serious competition between different areas where who'd got the best guy i think you might need to explain what penny for the guy is ah Yes, okay. So, Penny for the Guy, Guy Fawkes, Guido Fawkes, was one of the conspirators who tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And the attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament was rumbled, and he did actually, although he was executed, he became a bit of a folk hero, because at that time everybody wanted to blow up the Houses of Parliament, (laughs) with everybody in it. Yeah. And they used gunpowder, the gunpowder plot, and after that they used gunpowder in fireworks to celebrate the gunpowder that they were using to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And Guido Fawkes was burnt on the bonfire as a guy because uh, as a martyr. So traditionally, on the 5th of November, before then, kids will have made a man, basically, won't they? That's right. So you've made a man, and then on bonfire night, they'll chuck it onto a fire and watch him burn. That's right. It's it's wholesome fun for all the family. It takes you several days to do it. You have to go around and steal your dad's second best suit, which, if you're lucky, only recognises as the legs catch fire. (laughs) And then leading up to bonfire night, go around and ask for money. You go and ask Penny for the guy. So people will give you pennies if they think your guy is really good. Yeah. And they will chuck pennies into your pram, a pushchair, which you've got your guy in and with that you would go and buy dangerous fireworks because <laughs> you were allowed to do it back then you were allowed to do it we used to save up all the money we would got and we'd go and buy fireworks and then we'd have baked potatoes and soup and fireworks and a bonfire and we'd also have mittens on strings That's to keep your hands warm, not to eat. (laughs) It's to stop your hands falling off, I think, isn't it? (laughs) To keep them on a string. Yeah. (laughs) That's the level of health and safety with a (laughs) firework. If you've got your mittens on strings, your hands won't fly off. You were allowed to hold anything except a rocket. Yeah. You weren't allowed to hold a rocket because they were deemed a bit dangerous. Right. But Roman candles and fountains and things like that, sparklers, you could hold all those as long as you didn't point them at somebody. Right. <laughs> uh, and you had to have your mittens on in case they exploded. And then when your hand goes flying away from your body, it's on a string, so you're not going to lose it. Here in Spain, the small children are still allowed to have little squibs and firecrackers. As you've heard, they let them off all the time. Yes. There must have been a similar disregard for safety maybe 40 years ago because there are a lot of males 
around my age that have the tips of their fingers missing. Oh, okay. Now, in the UK, it was not your fingers, it was your leg. Oh, wait. Because they used to put the fireworks in their pockets. Okay, and so then you'd get the spark from the bonfire and it would set your trousers alight. So uh, they passed new health and safety laws that said you could still hold everything except a rocket. Oh, and a Catherine wheel. You couldn't hold a Catherine wheel. That's a massive thing to be holding in your hand, though. Why, you'd never turn your fingers quick enough, would you? You couldn't put them into your pockets anymore. You had to put them in a box on the ground. Ridiculous. I know. I remember the most expensive box of fireworks we ever had when I was younger was 12 shillings and sixpence, which would have been how much now? About 65 pence or uh, about a euro. Yes. A dollar. And what did you get for that? Oh, oh my goodness. I thought we'd died and gone to heaven. And if that box would have gone off, that is possibly what would have happened. (laughs) It was a box with two Catherine wheels... Ooh. And and six rockets. I, there was lots of other things as well. But I remember the fact that we had six rockets. One of them is still orbiting the Earth, as far as I know. <laughs> Excuse me, senor. Don't forget, Rough Giraffe is on Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod. Can I tell you about the Sazioni? Is that some sort of Italian pizza or pasta dish? No, it's back to Japan. Okay. They're shape-shifting demon snails. (gasps) Not snails. Ah! The Sazayoni haunt the seven seas. Sea snails. Yes. They can change into beautiful women and lure seamen to the (laughs) next... (laughs) <laughs> and what? Sailors. <laughs> they were sailors, okay. To their demise. Oh. So the story says a group of pirates Oar. rescued it. Rescued a drowning woman from the sea and took her back to the ship. Hmm. They all tried to make her fancy them. But they quickly realised that she was quite willing to have sex with all of them. Ooh. They only found out that she was willing to have sex with all of them as long as she cut their testicles off afterwards. And that's typical snail behaviour, is it? The men were obviously upset. Of course. And they threw her back into the ocean. (laughs) And then... She held up the bag of balls she'd got. <laughs> yeah. And and she bartered for some gold in exchange for the testicles. Well, what are they going to do with them once she's got them in a bag? They're not going to put them back on, are they? I don't know. See, you've asked me questions. I don't know. I only know that the sea snails cut off the testicles and then sold them back to the pirates. And then they just... Did they sew each other's on or did they sew their own on? How did they know whose was whose? Well, I think they start singing and if they're in the right key when they sing, (laughs) they know they've got 
them. <laughs> they give it a little shuffle. Yep, that feels like mine. <laughs> no, Neville, these are yours. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. All right, Deirdre. <laughs> There is Joroguma, another Japanese one. Wow, Japan is full of them. I loved the Japanese ghosts, so I'm very sorry. I am afraid I did a lot of these because they were so good. That's fine. So the Jorogumo is the shape-shifting spider. Oh, no. No, 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 no. The shape-shifting spider can turn into a seductive woman. No, it can't. And she lures men back to her bungalow. <laughs> Does she really have a bungalow? <laughs> you wish she has a cottage, but bungalow sounded a bit more modern. Hello, young man. Do you want to come back to my bungalow? And when they're in the bungalow, yes. she serenades them with her flute. Okay. And they f- they fall under a musical spell. <laughs> then she wraps her victims in the web and sucks them dry. <sighs> Jorogumo. I just don't know when these women turn into the animals. Like, and, and are they human-sized animals or do they turn into normal-sized things? So does, does that woman turn into a normal-sized spider? Well, in the picture, she looks quite big, but that might frighten you if you saw a really big spider. Yeah, the, the trouble is, if you're shape-shifting and you're shape-shifting into things like scary things that are supposed to be small but they're big, people are going to know you're not that thing people are going to know you're a shape-shifting spider woman and not a spider it's not a good disguise you'd have to you'd have to be a very small spider or a very small woman um well i think the very small woman would be extremely scary yeah so the only other one i've got is the kuchisakiona okay the kuchisakiona it's the slit mouthed woman Shall I go on? Which way does the slit go? She's cut from ear to ear. Yeah, carry on. She's a malicious spirit. The woman was mutilated by her husband. And her mouth is covered by a surgical mask. Now, according to legend, she offers victims a scary choice. (gasps) The woman will ask someone, am I pretty? And if they answer... No, they are killed with the pair of scissors which the woman carries. And? And if they answer yes, the woman pulls away the mask, revealing that her mouth is just slipped from ear to ear. And then she says, am I pretty? And if they say no, you know what's going to happen. But if they say yes, then she will slit their mouth from ear to ear so they look just like her. And then they're friends? It's just impossible to run away from her as she will just reappear in front of you when you're running away. She sounds like Zippy from Rainbow. But apparently there are a couple of answers that you can give that may save you. No comment? Sort of. You are average. Well, that's not what people want to hear. Or the other one is you ask her the question... Do you think I'm pretty? Oh, and if she says no, do you get to stab her with scissors? I'm guessing so. Um, could I just borrow your scissors for a second? Stabby, stabby, stabby. So I just thought that the Chinese and the Japanese, and the Japanese especially, have some serious ghosts. 
Yes, they've got they've got it ghost down. They are definitely not ghosts for the faint-hearted, are they? No, and actually, Japanese horror films are terrifying. Well, when I went to the pictures a few years ago, yeah, I went to see Paranormal Activity, and I don't know what number it was. I was sitting on the chair, as you do, just watching. And then I think a cat jumped up on the cupboard. Right. Right in front of your face sort of thing. Yeah. And I jumped back so far in my seat that I went over the back of the seat and landed landed on the lap of the person behind me at the same time as actually doing a wee. Oh, no. So, yeah, I lent, I jumped up and leant back and just went straight over the back of the seat. Hey there, who's that? What's the name of that wonky cat? He looks like than any cat around. Kipper, hey, that's Kipper. Hey, that's Kipper, the wonky cat. You, you know who we should get in here? She think we should have Kipper? I think we should have Kipper. All right, go on then. Kipper, come on in. Here he is. Hello, Kips. Hello. Oh, welcome to Series 4, Kips. Kipper, did you think we'd ever get this far? No. No. I don't think Kipper thought he'd get this far. No, I don't think he did. I, he's surprised to still be alive, to be honest. Oh, bless him. <laughs> No, he's, he's, you're doing very well, Kipper. Him and little fella, they're best buds. Oh, right, okay. Little fella the hedgehog's still around, getting nice and fat, getting ready for winter. I don't know about whether Halloween scares hedgehogs, but Battersea Dogs Home has asked dog owners and cat owners not to dress their pets up for Halloween because it's cruel. Is it, though? I don't think so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bassy Dog's home. <laughs> Unless you physically do an operation on your cat or dog to uh, change its appearance. Which some people do, That which is not nice. We're, we're, not, we're not doing that. We're on about a bit of fun. Yeah, it's like dressing a dog up like a like a taco or a burrito. Yeah. Or putting a little leather jacket on him. Putting a leather jacket on a chihuahua. What's wrong with that? Sorry, Kipper. Kipper, are you scared of anything? <coughs> uh, the one thing he hates is me whistling. Right. Ter- hates that, terrifies him. But... Uh, he doesn't like the usual things that cats don't like, you know, dogs and loud noises and hair dryers. Nothing special. He likes spiders. Does he? Yeah, he eats them. I eat spiders, though, to be fair. Do you? On purpose? No, not on purpose. Usually when I'm asleep with my mouth open. It's not because you swallowed a fly and then you swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I'm not an old lady. <laughs> That's just, we're not even going there I'm only mildly middle-aged That means you stop at spiders Yeah When you get older you'll start getting a taste for the cats and dogs and horses Yeah, it's not going to happen I'm going vegetarian next week No, you're not I am Are you? Yeah For how long? Well, until I can afford to buy some meat <laughs> Is that why you're on the spider diet? <laughs> I'm foraging. Uh, so, Kipper, 
did you know that there is a radio station for cats? <gasps> I didn't know this. It has been created by a cat food company, but the radio station has been created to play for your cats when they're in the car going to the vets. Oh. What do you think about that, Kipper? That is weird. And it's to calm them down. So, what sort of songs do you think they should play for cats? Uh, let's have a think. The birdie song. No, a mouse lived in the windmill. In old Amsterdam. A windmill with mice in it. Sadly surprising, they sang every morning. How lucky we am living in a windmill in old Amsterdam. That's a good one. Yeah, what sort of music do they play? Is it Brahms and Liszt? It doesn't say. All it says is that they play calming cat music. I can't imagine it will be cat singing. Do they play it with a cat piano? <laughs> all musicians must be feline. Is it like the sounds of... Somebody shaking the dreamies bag. Yes. Or opening a can of food. For Kippo, it would be me putting a blanket on my lap. He'd be like, ooh, I'm there. Ooh. Does he hear the noise of a blanket? Oh. He could be sitting in the kitchen and I'll put a blanket on my lap in the living room and he is there. He's like, I need to sit on your lap now. Loves it, loves it. But I think our listeners should send us some suggestions of what songs should be played on the cat. Radio. That is brilliant. I would love to have that. And maybe uh, maybe we can have Radio Dog too. <laughs> radio Dog, yes. Dog Radio. Woof FM. Woof. <laughs> Probably the best dog radio in the world. And you can have songs on it like Dashing Through the Snow. Dashing Through the Snow. Oh, wow. Oh, what else? Obviously, hound dog. Uh, oh, what's, what's, what's new, pussycat? Do you know what dog's favourite food is? What? Oh, no, I said that wrong. <laughs> Do you know what dog's favourite flower is? What? Cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you to Kipper. Thanks, Kipper. Okay, so did anybody guess who guess who's not coming to dinner was for this podcast? What is your answer, Stacey? Oh, no. I think maybe I'm not right. I was thinking that it was JR. Oh, no, a bit after that. But that's a character, isn't it? That is a character. And this was a character, except that he really did get convicted. <gasps> oh, it's Dirty Den. It is Dirty Den, Leslie Grantham. <sighs> Dirty Den. So I'm, I'm hoping that enough of you managed to have a guess at that. Yeah, that was a good one. We'll have more of that next time then. Yes, I've got a really good one set up for next time. Great. It's what I call a, a bit of a shocker, and that's a clue. It's time for... Uh... Rough, 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 giraffe. Right then, to end with, would you like a bit of unrelated news? Here it is, the unrelated news with Stacey. So, the headline is, addicted mountain goats are airlifted out of a national park 
after developing an insatiable thirst for human urine. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, God. Okay, that's not very appealing. (laughs) So, mountain goats in the Olympic National Park in Washington have got a taste for the salt that is found in human urine and human sweat. And so they, the goats have been harassing visitors to the park. What? They harass them until they do a wee? They're smelling the wee on them. Right. Smelling the urine on right. them. Having a little snuffle around in their down belows. Licking them, biting them. Sounds like one of my ex-boyfriends. <laughs> They're getting into their backpacks. Does that still sound like an ex-boyfriend? No, I don't know any goats that have backpacks. <laughs> Mostly they've got a carrier bag. So now the goats mm-hmm. are being airlifted by helicopter out of the park. To a dry location. To an area without humans, basically. How did they become addicted to urine? I think people may have been peeing up trees in the park. So they like the salts off it then? They like the salts. So I think they've probably been associating this pea that's up against trees uh, with the humans. And also they like the smell and the taste of the salt on the people as well. Because obviously if they're walking up the trails and things in the park, they're going to be sweating a lot. Oh, do, you know, do you know what? Whenever I've been out in a national park, I only thought the goats was licking my feet because they like my sweaty feet. They do. No, I wee myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got two for the price of one on your feet, have they? They did, indeed. The animals have been removed. They've been blindfolded, put into special slings and hoisted up oh. on helicopters. There's great pictures of them hanging underneath the helicopter in, in, in these slings. In a blindfold. <laughs> With a blindfold, just being whisked away. So they don't know where they're going. When, 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 they got in, when they got into the helicopter and it lifted off, did they go, Wee! <laughs> so they've been relocated and there's been about 200 goats that have had to be moved out. Right. And they've been moved 100 miles down the road. Do you think they'll go back? Well, once you've had urine... Oh, it doesn't rhyme with going back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they'll be able to make their way back, but um, let's just hope where they are, there's not people, because these guys are addicted to the stuff. They they love the sweet stuff. Are they going to go into, like, rehab? They're going to have to go to rehab. I said, no, no, goat. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, well that ends our first episode yes what we do next time don't know find out won't we somebody make a suggestion yeah let us know if there's something you want us to talk about we're quite happy to talk about most things Uh, i can do uh bike maintenance making scones and uh compression bandaging those are the things i've been quite good at this week well we've already talked about penises so that's my expertise done with but i got a badge maker this week oh my goodness and i've seen some of these badges i am making badges if anybody wants a badge then send us a question for kipper send us a story or get in touch and we'll pop you a badge in the post and if you have a favorite quote 
from any of the episodes that you may like to see on your very own Rough Giraffe badge, then let us know. Yeah, I, I can put anything on it, basically. So let me know and your very own Rough Giraffe badge will be yours. And if you collect a few, you can be swapping them in the playground with your mates. Oh, and they'll be like specials, will they? Yes, yeah, they'll be the big shiners. Okay, all right then. Well, that's brilliant. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, then speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad. With Mum in the villa and Stacy at home. Send us your stories on your smartphone And then everybody won't feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Britpod Scene An independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing Check out BritPodScene.com or BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.